Well, you know, it's, it's just a simple way of saying it. This is going to be the Just Might Be Right podcast. I am Josh Dowell. Uh, a little bit of background on me is I'm born and raised on a dairy farm in Chowchilla, California. That's God's country, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we have, you know, population 17,000. Half of that might be in a women's, now men's prison. We, we don't know, really. But uh, I, I grew up in that community, was born and raised on a dairy. Uh, love that lifestyle. Love who it made me be. Went to Fresno State. Uh, that's a Sco Dogs moment right Sco there. Dogs. Yeah, we're going to talk through that a little bit later. But really what I've done now since leaving Fresno State is I've been involved in the kind of emerging ag tech market. Uh, had worked with an automation company and now primarily with my company, Phytech. Uh, great guys. Love them. They're an Israeli outfit that's really doing a lot of good work across the globe. And uh, that's who I am at my core. So I'm going to pass it over with Jeanette now. Jeanette's going to be the second person that you get to meet here and just might be right. And here she is. Thank you, Josh. Um, just to kind of jump off, um, born and raised in Selma. So if you don't know where Selma's at, find your nearest automobile and we'll probably beat that. <laughs> we have about seven already, I think. I don't know. Don't quote me and on that. Um, and growing. But anyways, uh, back to ag. <laughs> um, I've been, you know, growing in agriculture since I can remember. Uh, parents have a huge ag background in it. So I start off in high school and moved on to Fresno State, um, ag business graduate, recent grad. And um, from there, I was hired on. And now we're also dealing with a precision ag. So it's been neat um, knowing about this kind of industry because I was definitely new to it. But it's a lot of neat stuff that I'm learning and as we're incorporating technology and being more precise in our own um, outputs. So it's, it's been good. Yeah. And now we're going to pass it on to Connor. And I, <clears throat> I don't think you mentioned it, but you do work for Ag Otter right now. Yes. So I just want to make sure that, that that's okay. on the record. Yes. So good, good. Shameless plug for Steve and Greg there. There you go. There you go. Shout out to my boy Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm Connor Cunningham. Uh, I was uh, born and raised, actually born in Fresno at the hospital there, but raised up in the hills. You a fancy boy. Oh, fancy boy. That's right. Yeah, no, I uh, uh, raised up in uh, first in Toll House and then moved up into Shaver Lake. And, uh, yeah, it was a tortured life growing up in the mountains, let me tell you. <laughs> Beautiful scenes and, uh, you know, snowy winters. It was rough. Um, but <laughs> came down and uh, went to school at Fresno State. Let's go dogs. Let's go dogs. There you go. And uh, got my degree in biology, and that's actually the way I got my foot in the door in agriculture. Started off in research and uh, been working in agriculture in uh, actually the private sector for about four years now. Uh, working now with uh, Jane, a part of their Jane Logic team, working with automation and monitoring for irrigation systems and loving every second of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, the we keep saying Sco Dogs. That's the one one of the things that we want to do because we're we're all very proud to be from the valley. And I, I live now in Fresno, and I, I love it. Uh, and uh, we're just very all very proud to be Bulldog alumni. So Sco Dogs. All right, <laughs> we're gonna get it down eventually where we're all in harmony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't get it with you guys. <laughs> we're just all over the board. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're all very proud to be a part of Fresno State because we all, I think all of us here, the whole reason that we're doing all of it's this. It's our roots. It's our roots. Exactly. It's, it's, it's something to be proud of, you know? I agree. I agree 100% that we're, we're all very proud. You know, we have Valley Pride. And so I'm going to now hand it off to Josh. and He's going to kind of talk about the whole concept of the podcast here. Yeah, so really 
what has now turned into just might be right uh, is it was a, a phone call I made to Connor. So just some background too. Connor and I worked together at a previous company. That's how we came to know each other. Uh, Jeanette, I kind of called out of the blue and said, hey, we're going to do a podcast and we want somebody that's that's badass that can do this with us. Um but it really you don't, have, you don't have to cut it that short you need to feel you need a female pretty face in the <laughs> okay well whatever she said goes this is 2020 <laughs> i don't know what to say about that uh but <laughs> jumping ahead uh really the reason that just might be right kind of became a thing is i called connor one day and i had looked at one of those great memes that you have on twitter it's oh something to be cool something to make money something to be creative and something to be healthy uh, and I joked with Connor and saying, hey, we should we should do a podcast. I mean, why not? We should give it a crack. And it really formed into this beautiful multitude of ideas of where we could take this cool model, be entertaining, have fun, um, talk about what's going on in agriculture and really support the future of what that might be. So the first and foremost thing that I want to talk about here is that really the the idea that we had and we came up with, it really is to give back. And we're going to be putting out a funding component that's going to be looking, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be like Bernie Sanders. I'm in need of your funding right now to support for, you know, this X, Y, or Z. That's not a good Bernie impression. No, it's I'm not very good at Bernie. I'm great with Trump. I'm not good with Bernie. It's China. It's terrific. I'm good at that. Uh, but Bernie's hard for me to do. I can't I can't match that Vermont accent or New Hampshire. Um, yeah, I apologize for that. That's my bad, y'all. But really, the big thing was is we looked at the the need for something to come along to be entertaining, to be fun, that we can learn about agriculture, and ultimately that that monetary possession that I, I mentioned is really to help fund the podcast, fund the idea, keep the you know the momentum moving forward, and fifty percent of everything we take in, we are going to put straight back into the future farmers of America. And that's high school FFA ag programs. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be giving back to those kids. Uh, and I think that's something critical that we need to talk about because I, I grew up in FFA. I was a Minarets FFA alumni. Uh, was super successful at my baby brother's in it now. He's going to be terming out here pretty soon. But that's the idea behind the whole movement. Uh, we see really cool things that my job depends on ag has done. We see really cool things that other folks have done. And I just think it's time that a group of just, you know, just to throw it out there too, nobody in this trailer right now, that's where we're recording. It's day two of World Ag Expo. And we're sitting in a trailer out in the the trailer hood. Yeah, plugged noses with dust. I call it the trailer park after dark. It's a great time. Uh, but nobody here is older than 27. You know, we're we're all hanging out, uh, and we really think that the future of ag. We're bullish on it. We're taking care of it, uh, and we just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I, I am 27, so no older than 28. Nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. I, I So this is the bad part, too. So I've known Connor for, you know, three years of my life now, it feels like. It feels like I've known him my entire life. But I just got his age right on a podcast that's being recorded. So now I feel good about myself. Um, you know, I would say, hey, hit us on Twitter. We don't have a Twitter yet. So we will eventually. eventually we're working on that part. But, yeah, kind Maybe of. By the time that this is actually produced, you'll see that little link in the. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, we'll make something happen. That's the best part about this, right? Yeah. We're just kind of giving this a try again in the RV. Um, World Ag Expo Day 2. Here day 2. Wrapped up. Day 3 is coming along. And really, I, I won't even lie to you. I'm kind of shorting out on what we were going to talk about next, but that's the best part, right? No, no. Uh, so I can definitely Yeah, Connor's, Connor's good at this. 
<laughs> yeah, so like like Josh said, we're hanging out here in the trailer hood, um, just after hours, kind of relaxing, had a couple beers, uh, just going to start to talk about um, our booths because we do want to uh, give credit to the companies that are uh, uh, blessing us with this opportunity to talk about um, what we're seeing in ag and being okay with that. So um, we're just going to kind of go around the circle now and talk about uh, what our booths are doing, talk about what we're doing this year so that way people, if they've seen us, they can think back oh if they didn't see that name they can say oh yeah i do remember that booth so just talk about the booth and then we're just gonna start talking about what we're hearing you know we got our ears to the ground we're we're talking with farmers uh, daily so just getting that chance to talk a little bit about uh what's the word on the street basically so Jeanette, if you want to start yeah sure so um as connor mentioned i work for ag otter so it was actually a good time because um this was actually my second time exhibiting with a different um, organization Woo! because previously I was with uh, Fresno State Ag Ambassadors. So that was teaching and bringing in that uh, future generation. Me, sorry, that's, oh. that's, a, that's a one, two, three. So Go dogs. Go dogs. dogs. Yeah, okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, you're so, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, yeah, with Fresno State Ag Ambassadors, because as you know, we're trying to bring in that future generation to um, become ag majors and work in our industry. But mainly with Ag Otter, um, we actually so you have to know if you were at the world ag expo you probably saw it on the news too it's the big yellow balloons i mean that was a big question where are you getting those big yellow balloons let me tell you that was such a blast trying to blow those up and trying that's to get everyone because <laughs> it wasn't they're paying your paycheck <laughs> oh yeah sorry greg um <laughs> no but really um ag otter is basically a rate control system that's actually helping growers and um, our farmers control their spray and become more precise with that because a lot of times um, when we encounter new clients it's they don't realize how much they're wasting within their um, outputs so when we come in um, it's we're teaching them more about their equipment that they didn't even know prior so um, giving them that opportunity to be able to control that and see how how well they're their job performance has been doing as far as um, their drivers if they're if they're they're uh, meeting those requirements that they're talking about so um, today we uh, we had one that was actually more interested in getting in that real-time monitor system because um, he can't be he can't always be out there in the field so he has to know what their guys are doing and I mean, we can all trust each other, but as far as what's actually going on out there, that's another way of just showing them what's going on in their field and how much is working as far as their production goes. So one one new highlight that we're actually looking forward to is we're soon going to be collecting harvest data. So that's yield data for us. Um, We're the whole idea is that uh, we're we're going to use our own system to collect. So, for instance, let's put an example like almonds. So almond harvesters. So we're going to be picking up those almonds as they're loading them up into the bin. We're going to be weighing that on the scale, oh, wow. and it's going to be showing them what areas in their acres are producing the most. So that's another way into being more precise and knowing where your money is going into. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. I can see it. I can see why. I can see the pitch and I can see where people would gravitate towards because there's a very it seems like there's a very clear ROI with that oh, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely 
yeah, so that's that's basically it. And I mean, it's been a blast just seeing everyone and um, with the big yellow balloons everywhere. So uh, that that's been my my giveaway from for this World Ag Expo. Yeah. What about you, Josh? <laughs> I, I literally earlier today was walking around one of the buildings and trying to figure out where Jeanette was. And I was standing talking to the folks at Farm Bureau. And I said, hey, do you guys know where Ag Otter's at? And they looked at me and they said, we have no idea. I took a left turn and immediately saw all these balloons against the ceiling of the pavilion. We have like five of them already in the ceiling, I think. So. Oh, it, it was. So they might be there for the, the home show. It, it was a lot more than five, just so you know. I mean, math's hard. We went to Fresno State. Sorry, Dr. Castro, if you Sorry. listen to this, I apologize. Um, it's just still a proud. joke, I swear. We're still absolutely proud. That's another Sko Dogs okay. moment. Sko yeah. Dogs. Let's go dogs. Um, but no, so I'm Josh. Like I said, I'm from Chowchilla. Uh, I now live. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad thing in some places. But I am very proud of my hometown. I love it. Uh, I lived in the mountains for a little bit. And I, I immediately went back down to the flatlands because that's where we grow. Uh, but to kind of talk about it. So now I currently live in Sacramento. I've got this kind of political side gig that I work on every once in a while and get involved in that department. But really, the, the big thing is, is I work with Phytech. Phytech is an Israeli outfit. Uh, we're really focused on letting the trees tell their story. And what I mean by that is, is we have plant-based monitoring. Uh, so instead of just looking at soil moisture, instead of just looking at the climactic data, uh, we're really looking at what that tree is doing and how it's using it. Um, so you get a really good host of information. We give you irrigation recommendations. Uh, and I think it's a really cool outfit that, you know, I actively sought them out uh, when I left my first company and really wanted to be a part of an organization that was doing something beneficial for growers that people liked. They kept it simple and delivered good, reliable information. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I cover Phytech. I'm based in Sacramento, so I'm learning that North Valley element. Uh, and that's something you'll hear a little later in this conversation when we talk with Corey Board, who's come on board. Uh, that's kind of funny right there. Corey hey, Board that's come on go. board, right? Uh, it's broad. Broad, yeah. Corey broad. 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 For the record, everyone, his name is Corey Broad. I already we, messed that up, and I work with him. Yeah, Connor <laughs> works with Corey, and we just wanted to make sure that we got his name right. I, of course, screwed it up on purpose just for the sake of this podcast. After uh, beers, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I work with Phytech. They're based in Israel. We have coverage all over the globe. And the best thing that I can say is about 10% of the global almond acreage is now covered by Phytech. So uh, if you ever want to have the chance to talk about it, I, of course, am totally open to that. Uh, I know our nut growers, citrus growers, all those people can benefit from this type of organization. Uh, but the beauty of that is that our organization delivers data to people like Connor. Connor works with Jane Logic, and they really focus on the automation. So I'm going to kind of let him dive into that thought process, talk a little about the automation aspect, how we implement that, and really what it looks like. So Connor, and again, I apologize. We're doing this with one mic and a trailer at World Ag Expo. So if the pauses are weird, uh, they feel weird for us too. That's just really how it goes. So we're trying our best here. Uh, please respect and appreciate the process. But here's Connor for you talking about Jane. That's right. We're, we're just trying to figure this out. I think you made a comment about this earlier that we're just trying to figure this out. We, we have this idea. We think that it can gain some traction. And so we're just going to give it our best shot. Obviously, we're going to get better as we go. Uh, we have a lot of great people in our network. I'm just going to plug this real quick. Neil Kanak out there with Ag Pros. Oh boy, Neil. I mean, he, he's been 
a huge help to us trying to trying to figure a lot of this stuff out and uh and then uh, also another plug jamin brazil was also a huge huge help for us trying to figure this all out so i just want to take a quick second to talk about that um and then yeah just kind of diving into it so i i we made a quick intro at the beginning talking about um who we all work with and so yeah work with jane irrigation on the uh, jane logic side working with the the remote automation and monitoring services um and included in that monitoring service one of the things that we're really excited about is bringing on the satellite service that has some uh capabilities for alerting and uh reporting purposes so you know with sigma coming down the line that's that's a really big deal for a lot of people so um and the thing that i really appreciate about the jane logic offering um just from my past life learning about the technology in this space and then coming to a, a very mature offering just so much flexibility and being able to really build out a system that that provides value at the end of the day and you don't you're not stuck with a lot of things or, or are waiting a lot a lot of times on things that will come usually there's something that we have right now that can provide value or pump automation whatever um but i did want to also take a second uh i i believe we're all on linkedin right yeah okay so yeah i mean if you're listening to this and you and you are interested in any of the services that we do provide we're on linkedin feel free to reach out send us a message whatever that might be but um yeah and i i just this is actually only my third time at the world ag expo and uh, I just remember the first year that I came to the World Ag Expo, excuse me, um, I saw the Jane booth and I'm like, now that. That's <laughs> so, a booth. That's a booth right there. Cool. They, that year they had the balloon up in the air. Yep. And, you know, they, they had the blow up arch still. So we have the blow up arch this year. And then, you know, they had this entire booth with tables out. People were all sitting down, talking, discussing. They had all their products laid out. I mean, it was, it really impressed me. So it's really cool to come back now. This is my third year. And. I got Jane on my vest and I'm getting to represent that company. So it's, it's a sense of pride coming back this year, um, getting to be a part of that company. And it's, uh, I don't know about you guys, um, but just kind of rolling into the discussion, uh, uh, from what I've been talking to a lot of people about, um, kind of a lot of the hot button topics have been a Sigma, the sustainable groundwater management act and uh, hemp. A lot. I mean, they even have the hemp pavilion here at the World Ag Expo this year. I don't. So it's you the know, hemp pavilion. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and run into some of those guys, and nothing wrong with that. That's great. And then I've run into some guys that are taking a little bit more of like a I don't know what to say, like a, a corporate approach to it, saying you know yeah. I'm going to apply the same practices that I have with other crops to the hemp. And then there's other guys that are saying I've done this. I don't want to say as a hobby to offend anybody, but I can't think of a better word. Yeah, basically, like some guys that are just starting out. So it's it's fun to see that that difference, that that spectrum between the two. But so from my perspective, talking to growers these past two days, that's kind of the things that I've been hearing about. You know, what what have you guys seen? Yeah. So as I as I start to kind of think through it, the the funny thing is, so it, not to show up Connor, but you know, okay. this is his third year at the Ag Expo. <laughs> I've been coming since about two thousand nine. Uh, so this this be year eleven. Uh, only as an exhibitor for two now, so it's you know a little different perspective. But something that I've caught on to is that the fact that and you know this is another shameless plug for us is the fact that we all work for technology companies. Uh, but really, the the rate that which tech has expanded into agriculture really impresses me. And you know, hemp is a huge part of that. Cannabis here in California, you know, I I'll make the joke that the Secretary of Ag Karen Ross made with me was that that's our 401st crop. 
uh, and right now it probably pays pretty well. Uh, but it's really the, the amount of technology that's increased and, you know, specifically in irrigation with Jane logic, Phytech, ag otter, that's not so much irrigation. That's more of your precision spraying, but every one of these things is, is going to be critical and going to be a necessity in the future. Uh, and some of the coolest things I've seen is we're kind of finally driving away from just looking at things like soil moisture or just looking at climate yeah. and we're really digging into what's going on on operations you know i i'll give a shout out to fielden fielden does something really cool where they're recording every operation that a specific grower you know makes and I, i've got jeanette that's rolling her <laughs> eyes at me because she's with ag otter sorry sorry i mean you gotta you, we have to stick to it because i mean fielden has all the cool I mean, not to badmouth anyone, they might have the nice commercial, but we actually record the data and we have it for you, so. Just so you know, uh, Field In, another Israeli outfit, just like Fritech, I don't condone what she just said. Personally, I'm a big fan. My buddy Sam Looper works for them. Sam Looper's a good guy. Uh, Shout out to him. He's good marketing. Yeah, Sam Looper's a great marketing guy. He's going to like that plug. Uh, But no, I just, the rate at which technology is expanding into everything, every single part of ag whether it's processing it's irrigation it's inputs it's chemical application yeah, yeah. uh i think that that's the most unique thing and when we really look back to you know 2015 it was kind of where all of this started to take off uh, at least in the san jose silicon valley area and really understand that things are changing at a rapid pace and with things like sigma coming into play uh, this is going to be a necessity and the growers that you know i like i said i was born and raised on a dairy farm uh, if I ever look back to, you know, go back into production agriculture like my family was for so many generations, uh, necessity is going to be that I use technology, that I'm, I have the sensors out, I have automation, I have multiple different things to answer that question. Uh, and I think that's probably the most unique thing. But really, I, I want to know a little more about, you know, the ag otter stuff now that Jeanette's gotten <laughs> yeah, so because, fiery. Because well, we're, we're kind of on a similar level yeah. with the companies that we work for. But I'm wondering from the ag otter side, what have you, like in your discussions that you've been talking to people with, what what's kind of the things that you've heard, some of the topics that you've been discussing? So, um, so Don't put anybody on blast now, no, okay? No, Come on, no, you already did that uh, once. I mean, we were shouting out companies. I was definitely going to shout out mine. But no, on a real perspective though, um, as we approach new clients, like they're, they just become mind blown because of the fact that we can do real time monitoring and it's, mm-hmm. it's live. So as... As the driver is currently spraying, it's you like the owner. It's so he can see that production that's being it's it's going live. So going back to the technology, the basic outline is we have an iPad that's mounted into the cab, so that driver can physically see what's going on between his left valve and his right valve in a two flow meter system. So as as it's tracking, we have a wheel sensor that's also on the spray rig to let him know the speed. And the, um, the driver has access to setting certain parameters according to their acres by the gallon, um, the aggressiveness that they want to be spraying out, and it's showing them if there's a spray nozzle that's being plugged up. Mm-hmm. So if we look into an economic side of it, think about how much people are spending so much money on their, on their pesticides and on their outputs yeah. so they don't realize all that money that's being wasted if they're not being accurate with it. And just not going too far with it but if we want to talk food safety we have clients that are actually successful with our program because they can show proof of their actual location and how much was being 
um, yeah. sprayed out. Yeah, yeah. So it, it helps on both aspects of being more precise and accurate. Is that something um, that you guys talk about a lot with? It's it's been food safety or where where do you kind of where do, is it more like economical or is it more like food safety? Like it's been both. I feel like it's been more of making sure that their practices are are being correct. Mm -hmm. It's it's correcting their own their own practices. It's it's making sure that their work is is being performed correctly. Okay. Um, but food safety has been a, a topic that we've been hitting a lot with our clients just because um, they need to be reporting these things with the county. And so, um, not to uh, mention certain people, but there was a situation that we um, were brought up that they needed to show. Uh, they were, I guess it was a file lawsuit that was going on saying that um, a certain uh, PCA was being sprayed, um, was spraying onto a field that wasn't supposed to. So they needed to show proof as to where they were and how much was being sprayed out. Yeah. So they didn't have proof to that. So if they had our ag audit system, mm -hmm. they could have easily shown we were at point A to point B yeah. based on our log data that we give to them because mm -hmm. after every job performance, they can physically see through every minute that's going by the swath rate, how much is being sprayed, was it at a good speed, was it good quality? So um, it's just being that, it's that accuracy point that we get to reach that gives um, business owners that that relief that their um, their job is doing is it's being given the right way yeah definitely i i think sorry if you don't mind, um, because that just sparks in my mind i mean whether it's sigma or some other uh, regulatory agency i think that's that's definitely where each of our companies can come into play to to provide some sort of value at the end of the day to the growers saying data is king so if you want to rely on the the government providing you the data and you have to go with what they say or you can have your own database that they might take or you could use to combat what they're saying if you yeah. get into that type of a situation. Yeah. And I think I think that's Im that's important. And uh, a lot of things that some growers start to consider. And then it's it's starting to be eye opening because, Josh, you brought up the point that this is just accelerating so fast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, I I'm relatively new to the whole ag space, you know, not even a half a decade yet. And uh, but I am surprised that at how progressive farmers can be at adopting new technology, but it has to be technology that provides the value at the end of the day. You, you do have some guys that are taking a semi shotgun approach. And I say that because there are some guys that are going to dip their toe into a little bit of everything because there's, it's, it's just changing so fast because technology changes so fast, but in a farming operation, you have to change the entire operation to really implement it correctly um and so i think that there's that challenge that people are coming across with and then the other thing too you have a lot of these companies that are kind of fly by night if we're being honest yeah there's a lot of companies that are fly by night and so i think that there is a level of concern out there in the industry saying well, i don't know if this guy's going to be here next year so why do i want to invest all this money right. i understand that these guys got to keep the lights on but why am i going to invest all this money if i know i'm not going to get a return on investment and b if you're going to be here soon yeah, and actually, to, to kind of add to that, I mean that that's that's the big concern, right? So, yeah. I I have this this funny philosophy where I say, you know, I work with my growers, I work for my growers, and mm -hmm. whoever I'm employed with is the one signing my paychecks, because uh, at the end of the day, that's that's the whole business mm -hmm. is the relationship to a specific grower uh, is what's making the dollars come in, and that's what's really helping us succeed in our positions. But, uh, you know, I 
I think about it a lot and it's it's amazing what technology has done but obviously there's you know a few that will die off some will succeed and some will just kind of hang around but but what I, is impressive I'm sorry to jump in no, you're I, good. I, I apologize because I just feel like this needs to be said because this this is in line with not only the discussion here but also with where we want to go with the podcast as far as education yeah. I'm blown away by how much farmers do yeah. I, I, when I started to really dive in and started to doing my own personal education, learning, reading, talking to people, I'm blown away by how much farmers have to, how much input they take in on a daily basis to just operate. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing to know all this data, all these inputs, all these responsibilities that they have to take care of. And then we're coming in saying, I think we could really have something that would really help you. And, and a lot of farmers are on saying, yeah, that sounds like a great concept, but I might not have time to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's that's the big crux of the issue, right? You know, everybody wants to do something cool. I mean, we, we look at an iPhone. An iPhone 10, 12 years ago, I, I don't know the exact timeline, but, you know, my, my uncle who ran a dairy out in Chowchilla had just picked one up, and it was, oh, it was so cool. I can play music, I can send emails, and I can text. Yeah. All from my phone. Uh, and now we get hotel rooms, we get cars to pick us up. You know, a random stranger shows up in an Uber. Hello, I'm here to pick you up and I'm going to drive you to wherever your next destination is. Uh, that's, that's just a weird thought to process. And I, I'm excited and I'm bullish on the future of ag because that kind of ingenuity, that thought process, that innovation is all coming to agriculture. Uh, it is exciting. It's yeah, an exciting it's, time. It's it's just an exciting time to be involved. That's that's the, the, the big point of the issue. Yeah, and I can say since you know, we we all went to Fresno State. Skodogs <laughs> just had to say that. But we were not too far out from as we were introduced to technology. Like we were all True. within like we adapted very quickly because we basically grew up with it in a sense. Like we were the first ones to be introduced. So we were able to grasp that on. And now it's being able to teach these farmers that. But I feel like these farmers are having to adapt a lot quicker than the real world is because we're the ones growing the food. We, we have to provide it. So well, we have to make sure. Right. Yeah. 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 So they need to be, so it's like they need to jump on the train and making sure that they're also aligned with certain things. So what's going to be easier and a lot cost effective. So that return on investment kind of thing. So that's the good part is that as we're um, evolving with this technology, like we're, like I said, just not taking too far with our company. Like we can install iPads into cabs. Like who would have thought of that? Like taking a computer exactly. into tractor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, no, what I, do you have to say about that? No, I, I, I think you're on a, a, a good topic there because we, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, um, that it's not, it's not the guy on the straw hat, um, who's wearing, you know, a, a stained shirt with overalls driving a rinky dink tractor. I mean, these tractors, some of them drive themselves. I mean, even look at Gus. I'm, yes. I'm also going to throw automated. that out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, automation is now driverless technology is, has been something that's been around, you know, with, with the GPS track tractors, but now we have even humanless tractors that are coming into the space. It's, it's just going so fast and it's, and I, I, I applaud the farmers for being cautious and, and doing their due diligence because I think that says something about farmers and and the, the space that we're in. And and I think that there is a change not only in the space for the farmers, but also for these for companies like ourselves trying to understand how do how do all of us collectively move together? 
and move forward with this because I don't think anybody really has a good answer. I mean, we we all have really good approaches to it and yeah, because that sounds horrible. None of us have an answer. No. <laughs> when it comes to Sigma right now, I mean, does yes, anybody? Yeah, yeah, because, uh, yeah, let, let me rephrase. I, I think that we all have uh, really good options for farmers to gain that value at the end of the day to turn to work around the regulations. But, I mean, in this, in California specifically, the, the climate that we're in and, and all the things that farmers have to deal with day in and day out, some of it is unknown. And so it it can be kind of hard because that's that X factor in the equation when, when, when we're not only us, but everybody in the ag industry is penciling down, trying to figure out how to run a business at the end of the day. Whether you're yeah. on the farm, you're in finance, you're in the business, there's that X factor of, well, what's what's tomorrow going to hold? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think all of that kind of that thought process, that look at technology, the, the cultural practices that surround it, the resilience of farmers to be able to adapt to what's going on and what's going to happen down the road, uh, I think is a really unique thing. And it's, it's something that our industry has uniquely. It's something that not a lot of other people possess. I mean, if we went into automakers right now and we told them all, hey, Tesla's going to dominate you in 10 years. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be frank, and I, I apologize, Mom, they would shit their pants. <laughs> Uh, but boo that's cars. boo electric cars. Yeah, no, I, and, uh, you know, Connor might say that. And I, I kind of, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. The Tesla truck looks really cool, interesting cool concept. I, I just have an issue with, with the practice. But yeah, no, I, I, I have an issue with the practice as well, but you know, I, I think it's funny. I, I feel like Elon Musk borrowed a, a play out of Gus's book, like Connor was talking about yep, yep. and, and made their new cyber truck to look like a Gus sprayer. But uh, I think okay, this. I thought it was just me. We were even talking about that too as we were passing by. I was like, "Why do they look like Tesla tractors now?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they had the sh- same shape and everything. I'm like, I get it. It's automated, but I mean, kind of giving the same image as a it's, Tesla. It's a good look. It's, it's a good look. It's another marketing thing, I guess, for them. Yeah, I mean, it's it all marketing. Hard. At the end of the day, that's how this all works. But I, I think the best part to say now is that so for our first kind of guest on the podcast, uh, we brought in Corey. Corey works with at Jane with Connor. Uh, and he is really well sound on the whole issue of irrigation. That's you know our number one input in the crops in the Central Valley. Uh, we do it better than anyone else. That's my shameless California plug. I know what we can do. I know what we're capable of. Uh, sorry, Wisconsin. We are the number one dairy state. We are the number one almond state. We take care of that. And actually, sorry, I'll also throw out there too for our, our, our friends up north, uh, the almond growers, uh, not just the almond guys. Amen. Depends on where you're at. I kind of grew up in Chowchilla. Like I said, that's the dividing line. But let's go ahead. We're going to jump into the conversation with Corey. Uh, hopefully you like it. Hopefully good things come of it. And like I said, first podcast, Trailer Park After Dark. Uh, it's been a great time, and let's get chatting with Corey. All right, thanks for joining in, everyone. Uh, end of World Ag Expo Day 2, and we decided that uh, we wanted to have Corey Broad join us today, and we were fortunate enough that he decided to say yes, so we're really happy to have you here. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to leave it open-ended, just see what was on your mind, basically, and, uh, you know, whether it's industry-related or, you know, World Ag expo specific just hear what's going on in your life and uh, you know what things that you're seeing out in the field or in the industry in particular so just kind of wanted to leave it open like that and just start and hear what your thoughts are you know if you're angry about something that you want to kind of raise a point about bring people's attention to if you're really excited about something that again you want to bring people's attention to whatever that might be but just kind of leave it at that and, and see what your thoughts are if you 
have any dreams, whatever that might be. So dreams, aspirations, they're all good things. Yes, exactly. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely sell more irrigation. That's uh, that's step one of the dreams. Yeah, uh, pays for it. That's for sure. Um, but uh, no, thanks for having me, guys. And um, yeah, as far as you know, where we are, we're at World Ag, so that's always exciting. Uh, a lot of hard work goes into it. Uh, putting it on, I know from our company in particular, Jane Irrigation, we have quite the spread, quite the booth, and uh, that in particular, you know, takes a lot of effort and time. So I appreciate everybody who's helped set that up. And um, thankfully, it is the end of day two, so we only have yep. one more to go, um, which is good. Uh, so that's that's all real positive and, and really exciting. Um, in particular, you know, I think the biggest thing in the market right now that I'm seeing in my world, uh, working in irrigation, is weather-related events right now. Um, it was 64 degrees today. It's supposed to be 72 degrees tomorrow. Um, the temperatures, other than you know a little bit of freezing we had a week ago, um, they're definitely starting to climb. And I think that's number one on my radar. I think that's part of the attendance uh, maybe issue, if you want to use that word, with the show. I think you guys have probably seen that as well. Yeah. Um, growers are growing. They're busy, right? Yep. Bloom's coming. Yep. Got all this stuff. Yeah, so guys are going, hey, it's go time. So a lot of systems are fired up mm -hmm. and uh, guys are trying to get systems installed and uh, it makes it challenging for an irrigation manufacturer because they're like, hey, we need this stuff and we need it now and uh, we're making it as fast as we can and uh, trying to get it out the door and get them water. And then in the meantime, uh, as these systems get fired up, maybe that irrigation maintenance that I recommended at the end of the year didn't get followed during the winter. And so now the phone calls are coming, hey, you know, my filter, my emitters, all this stuff, can you come get it? I'm like, ah, I'm into Larry, so yeah. I'll uh, see you guys this weekend. <laughs> so that's always a fun conversation to have. Um, but uh, I think that's probably number one on my mind right now is just kind of getting through the first weather push here, get these first irrigation uh, or two events on. And I think from there, um, once we get past uh, fixing all the leaks and plugging in issues that go on with systems uh, that don't get winterized properly, uh, we can get back to you know doing doing good business again, and uh, I guess staying on the weather topic, I think you know obviously lack of precipitation here, especially the south end of San Joaquin Valley, I think is um, I'd say nerve wracking. You know there there is some snow in different parts of the Sierra. Um, the snowpack isn't great. It's not awful. So again, it's catch twenty two. Right, and, and in the water situations we have nowadays, if it's not great, it's never good things always have a filtering layer that go down. So if it's great, well, we get good water. And then if it's good, we get okay water. And if it's okay, we barely get any. And then if nothing. it's nothing, we're yeah. nothing. So I think uh, that, that trickle down effect makes it hard. Uh, I talked to some people um, with some of the Westside Water Districts recently. I've got some good contacts mm -hmm. out there. And mm -hmm. their initial allocation is supposed to come out of the 20th of this month. Got it. And they're saying best case scenario right now, initial allocation is 35%. Mm. So you're talking 35% of the Central Valley project? Correct. Got it. And that's coming. And and that's going to be a very real number, I believe. And that is, you know, indicative of our environment and of our political climate and all these things that are going on. Um, so finding a way to manage around that is going to be key for our growers, incorporating technology like we have and like you have. And yep. uh, those kind of things are going to be really powerful. Um, but you know the reality is we can put as much technology in the stuff as we want. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's going to be really hard to make new water. Yeah. And that was one of the key topics last night at the California Ag yeah, Irrigation Association, mm -hmm. right? They yep. they talked about Sigma. Dr. Dan House came over from Cal Poly, 
Unfortunately, let's go dogs. Go dogs. That's right. Go dogs. Dogs heavy podcast. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Um, but uh, Dan does a great job. I've actually taken some of his short courses. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, the reality is Sigma's coming as well. And so if we have this inconsistent patterns in water supply delivery, um, growers are going to be really hard pressed to put anything in in those acres. Has that? Can you say that's been difficult for you to translate that to your clients? I think it's been honestly mostly difficult to translating the industry I mean people use Sigma all the time they talk about it right most people don't even know what SGMA stands for right yeah I got asked that and, today actually yeah. and they have yeah. no idea and this yeah. is something that's very real for them and, and really for all of us and so I think that is something that, that is I see troublesome and worrisome to a degree um, there are guys who are on top of it guys are in front of it I'm sure you have customers like that and then there are other guys that are completely out to lunch on the topic yep and, you know, I get it. There's a lot of things we don't know yet, right? These plans just got submitted two weeks ago, yep. almost to the day. Yep. And hopefully some of them got them in earlier than that. But the reality is it's so fresh, I don't even know what the expectation is. Yeah. It's almost reminiscent of, like, the cannabis industry and the, the hemp industry. There's, oh, there's a whole lot out there, and people are really pushing to try to move forward with it. But it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of information or people, I mean, they're just kind of giving it their best guess. I mean, I, you don't know we're, what we're you all don't shooting know. from the hip, basically. Absolutely. We're yeah. all shooting from the hip. And you know what, Corey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about the West Side Water Districts and about an allocation and, and being the guy that, you know, I'm born and raised in Chowchilla, so I know what it's like. Um, I'm just curious what your opinion is. You know, I now live in Sacramento, so I live in the North State by, by some people's standards. Some people still call it Southern California, but they're in the state of Jefferson. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Which I have a t-shirt of, by the way. <laughs> That's yeah. great! Hey, I'll buy it off of you. Yes. I will buy it off of you. I could just get you one. It's oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> so, All right. He's actually a, a Jefferson rep, too. So. <laughs> yes. he's, a, uh, he's a citizen. Yeah, resident, I'll right? sell you anything you <laughs> want. Yeah, there you go. I'll <laughs> snow to an Eskimo. But what do you think can be done on a grander scheme? And I'm not talking about in Sacramento, but Northern Valley water users, obviously most of our water's up there, and it comes down to Southern California. It goes to Los Angeles, you know, et cetera. Uh, what do you think could be due to or be done to kind of increase knowledge uh, in the San Joaquin Valley about Sacramento Valley, Sacramento Valley about San Joaquin, and how all of these Delta growers, North Valley growers, and South Valley growers can work cohesively as a unit? You know, there's 80,000 of us and 39 million people here. What What are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that great question. Um, so I've recently uh, got hooked up with some people that I know at the California Water Alliance. Okay. Um, which is a great group. And the California Water Alliance is actually a uh, political lobbying organization. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it obviously has a grower-centric focus, but I think the more important emphasis is a valley-centric mm -hmm. focus. I think too often people go, well, the growers are making money, so why are we gonna let them continue to make the money? Well, the reality is, is they give all of us in this room a job. So that's probably a, a really good start. Yeah, B, and then, they feed us all. And all the other people that they give jobs and feed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and what all those products go through and, and all these different things. I mean, you work for Olam. I mean, you're, you're processing that product. I mean, that you have a job because of that. Yes. And that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think people, you know, obviously recognize the impacts of that. We talked about it at the CAIA dinner last night and what those economic impacts can be for this valley in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah. you know, something that needs to be shared and understood. That was a scary talk, honestly. Oh. I mean, it, yeah. it was it was kind of yeah. concerning that the data, well, at least from this researcher's perspective, the data that he pulled together was, what are we gonna do? You can't make more water and it's running out and we have to feed more people. So, I mean, that's, 
I don't know. It, it kind of shook me up hearing that because usually when I hear these talks about Sigma and things like that, there's usually at least some small silver lining, some shimmer of hope, but that one seemed pretty dismal. <laughs> the shimmer of hope is being a good irrigation district and you'll be fine. Otherwise, you're screwed. That's right. Yeah. All these farms are going away then, yeah. which is really be, sad. Yeah, I mean, they're saying yeah. 1 million acres of farmland at 8.4 uh, million irrigated acres in California. Last time I checked, 1 8 is 12.5%. Doesn't say math. And, uh, no dogs. For the record, that's just not. Plus or minus. Yeah, plus or minus about 12.5%. But yeah, yeah we're going to go with that. So, Good enough. Um, but I mean, that's that's scary and, and it should be real for all of us. So I think, again, uh, the California Water Alliance has a subgroup that they've worked with and it's, um, you know, kind of an offshoot of the My Job Depends on Ag. Got they've it. now gone in and My Job Depends on Water. So I actually, hey. they gave oh, me a shirt, okay. they gave me All a right. sticker. As I, I, I just ordered a shirt myself you? too, awesome. so you. I'm yeah. waiting on that. So yeah, they've been actively trying to influence and um, teach people about what, the, what they've been doing and how is that we need to be supporting this because, mm-hmm. as you said, we're running out of water. And but, thanks for bringing up the word influence. So I, I uh, divvy myself an irrigation influencer. Nice. Oh, I like nice. that. Uh, it, New hashtag. Yeah, I don't have a check mark on Instagram, but it's, it's on I, I actually know a guy for that. No joke. So okay, I can help you with that. Yeah, this guy, he knows a guy. I know a guy. 150 <laughs> bucks, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> $20 uh, is $20. Yes. And, uh, but nonetheless, uh, th- those folks have been great to work with so far and, and again, help continue to spread that message and hopefully educate people. I know one of the things we talked about is actually putting a billboard in San Francisco. Nice. Oh, and I'm like, okay, oh first off, I want to know how this is going to go. <laughs> and, um, but they want to basically, you know, the premise of the billboard is to put it up and talk about how much water they use in San Francisco in a day. Got and it. Oh, interesting. that into pounds of food. Oh. You flush this many pounds of apples a day, or you know whatever the whatever the metric is, yeah. But basically saying, hey, like you know, because people well, people resonate with food, and especially I I think. um, Is that enough though? I I, I'm sorry, maybe never enough. Yeah, because I I try to be optimistic, but there's certain things like that that I hear that my my very small cynical side starts to come out, and I'm like, is that going to be enough for people in San Francisco? Are they just going to look at that and think? Yeah, whatever are they gonna just no. look over it is it is no, it gonna be it, enough to be a wake-up call it, I don't it, think so it won't be enough to change the whole context of, of the original question but if we sit back and pretend like it's going to get better it won't yeah Agreed. this is a disease yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and if you just say yep yeah, it'll be fun little NyQuil will be great <laughs> we'll wake happen. up tomorrow yeah. right ain't gonna happen yeah. well no I was just thinking maybe there's a different direction that they could take I mean, I, I may, maybe it a, needs to be more aggressive is what I'm trying I think to drive at. putting a up in San Francisco to how much well, water sure. quote-unquote wasting. It's yeah. pretty aggressive to start. Yeah. But I agree. There needs to be more than that. But, uh, again, I, I think that the bigger issue, and, and I have a much more cynical side than you do, and not to be negative compared to, you know, all the topic talks. No, you're good. Them, you're good. But, I mean, the reality is, is, you know, you talk about water and it's a value. Okay, you got 49 million people, or whatever the number is today in the state. We'll yep. see what the census says. Um, we'll reality, see who's on it. Right, but I mean, okay. <laughs> Not so, me. So, you know, whatever the average household uses, just call it an acre foot of water a year. Yep. Okay, well, all those households down in San Diego and down in Southern California and wherever else it isn't considered the valley, and you could even throw in cities like Fresno into that mix, Sacramento as well. Yeah, we're getting I big. mean, each of those households in theory could afford you know a thousand dollars an acre foot yep because 
that's a thousand dollars for your water bill a year. Yep. I live in Fresno. I pay about a hundred bucks a month in water. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're I'm already, already paying there. more. Yeah. So as a grower, you can't pay that. Nope. So what's the assigned value to that water in the quote unquote open marketplace? Mm-hmm. $4,000 for almonds. Yeah. Basically, right? At four acre feet. Yeah. yeah. $4,000 for alfalfa. <laughs> or more. Or more. So how is that going to play into production? How can that, how can that be worth anything? And, and it, it just won't be to mm-hmm. a certain degree. And so I think that's one of the biggest challenges we're facing in a open market is that water has an assigned value. And in theory, they can absorb that cost much better than we can. Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. You, you're, the, you're the guy here. You're All right. Guy. All right. I guess I'm the guy. Bus yeah. driver. That's right. I'm the bus driver. I already crashed it once. <laughs> That'll be a blooper reel later in the, in the series. Um, sorry. Now I lost my train of thought. Okay. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I mean, what would it look like then if, if water wasn't something that was monetized? What it, what if it was something like, okay, you're going to get this percent allocation. It's not 100%, but it's something, and you just have to work with it. Instead of charging them for it, and it was, I don't know, monetized in another form. I, I, I'm just kind of spitballing here a little bit and just thinking of an alternate reality where farmers were having to work around just a shortage of water, but not also having to worry about the cost of the water also going up. So, uh, I it's borderline communism. Uh, I was gonna say it's very socialist. No, 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 but uh, but uh, yeah. So not, I'm not going in that direction. No, no, of course. Yeah, and now no, you guys are gonna. Too. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. So if if they only had to worry about other costs, would that help the economy in a sense? Saying, okay, because obviously we're living in a free market, which is amazing. I love capitalism. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> there you go. Good little shameless. Plug. That's right. Just a little plug. Um, but. If, if you were to just think about what if we could figure out some sort of a system, I don't know what that is, but think about if if farmers only had to worry about the cost that they're already worried about, because obviously labor is another, you know, it's right there following behind water. What, what if it was that they didn't have to worry about the cost of water, but just the fact that they don't have as much water? How would that affect the economy? Would that be a way to try to write things basically try to get to it back on track it. yeah i mean but that's essentially what they're trying to do is say that. okay that, i mean that that is the that is probably the only way that that was actually going to happen mm-hmm. and not that i agree with all elements of sigma i know yep. that wouldn't be very popular opinion no but the reality is is there are probably some good things that that come out of it because it makes some people answer some questions as to what they're doing with that water and the reality is is there are extremely efficient growers that I work with, mm-hmm. and then there are growers that are, I'd say, borderline wasteful from time to time. Um, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have the opportunity to improve their operations, but at the same time, you know, there, there is a gap that needs to be made up. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that is, to a degree, what they're trying to achieve with Sigma, because what we're going to do is, is you're in a basin, we're in a pool, we're all, all of us are growing together, right? We're Everybody's on the same boat. We're all in yeah. the same boat. So whatever our water is in our basin, that's what we have to get around. And if we all farm a hundred acres and we have to cut out 25% to make our budget work water-wise, then that's what we're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. We're living with less water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the problem is, is the decimation that's going to happen to white areas we talk mm-hmm. about Chowchilla. I mean, half of Madeira County is in a white area. It's a white area, the I whole mean, thing. That's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a disaster. They don't even have technically class one water rights like yep. we do in FID on my side of the river. 
And so even if there is water, it doesn't mean they're going to get it in Madera County. Yep. So what's that going to look like? It's going to look really bad. Yeah. These areas in Pixley and all these other spots up by the wildlife refuge. God bless Pixley. Yeah. They're going to have a half an half a acre foot. I can't grow a lawn on that. You, you grow some weeds. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Sp- speaking <laughs> of weed, Russian no. thistle, <laughs> which is a tumbleweed, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Agronomic mm-hmm. talk for you. Hey. And that's agronomic talk. Yeah. Hey, hey next segment. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm just kind of steaming on that thought. You know, I'm. I'm born and raised in Chowchilla. It's a white area. Um, there's not a whole lot of white area. Most of us fall into a district, but there is still a, a significant portion. When you start to think about what that world's going to look like, and and I'm not even talking from a farming perspective, but you know, all the ancillary industry, the seed company, the irrigation guy, uh, like most of us are sitting in this room, the tractor salesman. What are we? What do you think the world's going to look like if, if Sigma is fully enacted and those areas go fallow? You think there's a class disparity problem in the valley now? Wait till that happens. Because you're going to have a lot of people who don't have any work. Mm-hmm. We already think that we have a social issue, and I would agree to a certain extent we do, yep. between the haves and have-nots in the valley. It, it's going to grow exponentially. There are going to be the people who are very well off, and then there's going to be a lot of people that are below that line. Yep. So does this kind of tie into, because we were talking earlier and you had kind of made this comment about how there's Simplot growers and then maybe in the future there'd be chain growers. Is that kind of in that same train of thought that you had brought up? I think it, I think it's going to have to be. These companies are going to have to position themselves to be market leaders in each of their spaces. If they don't do that, there's not going to be enough pie left for them to be around. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it, So here's my, the funniest thing that I've always laughed about California politics and water policy in particular. In general, California is a blue state. No shocker there. Fact. We all know that. Um, the reality is, is the policies that have been driven from that side of the aisle, for better or for worse, for worse, has <laughs> shameless plug. Created, yes. <laughs> it, but it, but it's created all the things that they hate. They hate corporate America. They but hate, it's the world we live in. But, but they, they hate, need they to survive. They hate yeah. all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. now what did they do? They, they just forced a bunch of small guys to sell out yeah. to the big guys because their land has this new assigned value to it mm-hmm. or the cost of production just went through the roof. Yeah. Yep. So you've just forced all these people, this utopia that they want where everybody's got their small piece of the pie, they've just forced all that to happen with one foul swoop. Mm-hmm. Now, again, yeah. the foul swoop was to correct an issue. The valley has an issue. There's not enough water coming in to account for the water we're exporting. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we can't effectively get more water into the valley, which it can be done. Some of it's going to cost some money, Yep. which is fine. I mean, obviously in my mind, but I think overall it's good for ag. It's good for the valley. It's good for the state of California as largest industry. Yep. And it's good for the United States to have produce grown here, to have products made here. Yeah, it's we all domestic. A, we are a net yeah. exporter of agricultural products. Name yep. anything else that we're net exporters of. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not cars. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No. Um, well, and that kind of, again, keeps my brain rolling. And we've, we've talked a little bit about policy. But I kind of want to jump out of the water spot for a second. So split roll. I don't know if you're super familiar with it. If you're not, we don't, we don't got to talk through it. But... 
the new tax initiative that's coming down the pipeline mm -hmm. that basically undoes Prop 13 and anything yeah. with real property. So if you have a dairy barn, you got your milking parlor, you have a packing house, you have a cold storage, something like that at your facility, completely guts your tax protections under Prop 13 and now you're gonna be assessed at a new value. I mean, what do you think, obviously it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible, it's gonna to continue to force big growers to buy up small growers. Of course. Uh, but I mean, do you have anything to add to that, you know, in a, in a thought process in a world where Sigma and that would hit? I mean, it's, it, uh, I guess it, I guess the only thing I can hope for is that it uh, is darkest before dawn and it's about to get darker. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's a scary thing to think in a state that already has, you know, some of the highest in the uh, taxes in the country compared to, I think, only New York has more. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe Maryland, it, it, but they're, they're not a state, yeah, are All they? of them. <laughs> the Northeast. Yeah. They're basically um, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the reality is, is, I mean, it's a beautiful state, has amazing opportunities. I mean, I always kind of joke, I pay for the weather. That's why yep. I pay my taxes. Other than that, I don't really get a ton from the state. Yep. I don't get, in my opinion, good representation. That's just part of the political system. But I don't really get anything fantastic after that. Our roads are messed up. I mean, the schools aren't always in the best condition. And I know other states yeah. have those issues too. But why am I paying, you know, forty-five cents a gallon in state tax, you know, for for fuel? And I don't know if the air is really any better or any worse. And yeah, I know they want me to transition out of having a pickup and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But, but that's also not our fault too, because we because we live in a basin. It actually should fall more on the places that are producing more smog, which, LA, you know, for instance, like LA. LA traffic or yeah. San Francisco traffic. I mean, why aren't they hitting those places? Yeah, yeah. So much on us just because we farm and we provide a majority of that. Exactly. And, and this is kind of circling back to this whole concept of the billboard in San Francisco. I mean, and, you know, maybe this is the good thing about social media is we can start to have a movement and educate people more about just just about how efficient farmers are, you know, because right now people think, oh, yeah, they, they have tractors. And I, I feel that people are starting to understand that tractors are really advanced. But for them to understand that there's things like, you know, dendrometers out there, there's things like pump automation through Jane, and there's things like ag otter that, precision. yeah, that there's actual precision that farmers are, especially in California, are faced with a myriad of so many challenges that they have to overcome just to produce a crop to feed, to put those walnuts on the salad in San Francisco. Right. I agree, but you you open the door now. So oh, I know, I know. Out, yeah. Know. <laughs> um, obviously, I do a lot on social media and. You know, it started out as kind of the friends and family thing. Show all my family who doesn't live here and didn't understand anything about farming, what I'm doing every day. Agreed. Yep. Yes, yeah, and they're I know. kind of like, I okay, know. all right. And then <laughs> it transitioned into a little bit more of a business aspect, and I started meeting people on there, and I started, you know, actually having sales from using social media channels. Hmm. And then I, I don't know if I got on a soapbox, I don't know what it was, but I saw the opportunity to educate growers, to educate the public. Yeah to educate everybody about what I'm doing every day and about what my customers are doing and why I have a good lifestyle mm -hmm. and why I can afford those things is because they're spending money. Not every single one of us in the room can say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't spending money to do the right things, none of us would have a job. I mean, college, Yep. college, mm -hmm. college, college. Fresno State. Sco dogs. I was waiting That's for right. that. <laughs> but I mean, we're all college educated individuals. Yeah. 
working in agriculture to make it better. Yep. Yep. At every level. Yeah. I don't know what what people want more than that. Yep. It, it is not the old white guy on a tractor with a straw hat farming his ground with his son every day. That on is on a tractor that's barely putting along. Barely putting yeah. along. Putt. That is not what we're doing. <laughs> yep. We are running things down to parts per million at this point. It's true. Well, it's even true. parts per billion. I mean, if I mean how <laughs> intense is that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you look at a lot of these fertilizer companies that are producing it, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that it's amazing <clears throat> to see the things that have happened in a short period of time. Uh, technology has obviously advanced that, you know, tremendously, which has been great. Um, back to the water side, I mean, that's what we do, and, and that's a huge part of our business, and growers have made investments in that. That's why I have a job. Yep. Is because mm-hmm. growers spend a lot of money to use the water for this way that they can. Yep. And save exactly. on paper, and save on fertilizer and all the stuff that we know we need to protect the environment from. Mm-hmm. They're managing all that stuff better every day. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I guess that kind of gets back to shameless plug. The whole heart by why part of the reason why we want to do this is just trying to do that education portion because just letting people know that okay, yes, it it costs X number of gallons to produce this hamburger that you're eating you know that yep. there's that display right down the, yeah, the road it's, from it's you. Westlands water district they have yep. a burger and they've got you know 616 gallons on the bun and 131 on the lettuce and then there's the tomato the meat I mean I I wish I could give you facts and figures but but I mean how better to use all that water because obviously uh, we in Fresno we don't have an issue with water I mean I know that there are parts or places around the valley that do have issues with water but there's got to be a way that we can work around this and and help to understand and help the rest of the public especially because like you said we're living in a blue state we got to get these these voting masses to understand that we're using the water in a good way we're not just like it's well, yeah. digging a hole and dumping well, yeah. it I mean, yeah yeah i mean the food that they're eating it, we're we're turning into this organic area right yeah Where we're trying to provide for those organic side and trying to be healthier on that aspect so okay well how do you think that's going to get to you if we have no water to support ourselves like what are you going to be eating yeah yeah I, that, that sign it's going to come from china china <laughs> oh there it is yeah. but but that's what it is but I mean, the reality true. is how many how many people have actually looked at a label in a grocery store they have no idea, right? Yep. But, that, but, but no if it's idea. but if it's organic, it's okay because yes. it's the marketing aspect of it. It's all it is. We, so it's the marketing guys. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. I love our marketing team, by the way. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> do a great yeah, job. Probably listen to this. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I we we threw this concept out when when Josh and I were working together. I threw this concept out. I said, just like the organic label, and uh, I'm gonna throw this out there. I I get really frustrated with the gluten free label, but oh. it's a label that people are attracted to, right? Yep. I, we we have there's got to be a label for you know like precision farmed or something to let people know like wow that's great i've never yeah. even considered that and yeah I'm a pretty bright yes guy. i thought of something uh, so <laughs> oh, i mean you did go to Fresno State. i am yeah. yeah. dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, no i mean I, I think that's great right a certification for the highest standard to somebody yeah. and to and just let people know right? no that would be huge i i I like that actually. Okay, all right. So that that's going to be one of our initiatives that we're going to try to drive yeah. forward. Then, just so everyone knows too, that's that's fully patented, copyrighted, trademarked. We took that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're listening, you heard it here. Yeah, no. you heard it here first. <laughs> does the show even have a name? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, actually. it does have a name. That's we didn't even part. say it yet. So. No, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we're so, like thirty minutes in. Yeah, so we're the just not? might be right podcast. We just might be right about something. I like it. Yeah. 
So that's there so, you go. sets the precedence in an attitude, right? Of course. Yeah. There's our shameless plug. Boom. Perfect. Done. Hashtag JMBR. Yeah. Hashtag JMBR. Well, I, and I know we've been doing this for about 30 minutes. I know Corey's got limited time. It's day two Ag Expo. <laughs> He's tired. He's got to get home to his dog and his yeah. fiance. Yeah. It could literally be like any day of the week. Corey's not here. This yeah, is true. Okay. I, I try to but, get a hold of him on the phone. It's Yeah, which I return your call. No, and I, I'm appreciative. Yes. I'm appreciative. Call, yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it just tells me how busy you are, so I understand. I try. Yeah. yeah. But hey, I was gonna say we, we should at least allow Corey the, the opportunity to shameless plug Instagram, Twitter, yeah. all yeah. that fun jazz. Yeah, yeah. 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 That way, if we ever are successful, people can actually figure Find out. Who who, I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so obviously, I mean, Instagram is probably the most popular platform for me. Um, it's at Corey C O R Y Reese R E E C E, the number eight, my hockey number. Nice. And, all, uh, right, all right. Shameless plug on that too. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and That's obviously, talk. obviously LinkedIn, Corey Broad, and not Corey uh, Board. Keep not Corey clean. Board. Keeping it clean. <laughs> so, well, Professional. You know what I mean. That's you, right. You have to on LinkedIn. <laughs> be careful. It's true. It's true. And um, but uh, those are really popular uh, things for me. I spend a ton of time on there. Um, again, posting videos, posting different pictures, content, uh, showcasing you know what my customers are doing, what I'm doing every day, and it's uh, not too much of a sales pitch. It's usually again very educational and um, doing the same thing trying to beat that drum right trying yeah. to be positive trying to show people hey this is what we're doing this is why we're doing it and uh, so yeah feel free to always you know follow uh, shoot me a message whatever uh, I'm always around I live in Fresno and I'm running around the Central Valley somewhere someday so uh, give me a ring right. I'll, probably, I'll probably come and do a town near you yeah <laughs> come to a town near you that's awesome yeah so really quick you know as we're wrapping up yep. here um, so eight, where, where is it like just favorite number, just random, or does it have yeah. any significance? It has some significance. My favorite player in the NHL, uh, right. war number eight. And uh, so Joe Pavelski, former, ah, former, former San Jose Shark. Shark. All right. Yes, now he's All right. with the Dell Stokes. But yeah, we don't talk about that. I know. And, uh, but no, um, one, of, one of my favorite players uh, all time, and uh, American born and drafted 205th overall in the seventh round and he's only made about 42 million dollars at this point so not oh, I bad could, for, i could do that not bad for 205th overall yeah and I um, could do that but i think the cool thing was is you know similarly you know he was told hey he's he's too small he's not talented enough all this stuff you know we'll draft you late but you're gonna go play college hockey which is not the most popular method to get the nhl these days and uh from there you know crockett his game did really well and then actually scored um, his first NHL goal on his oh first NHL God. shot. No way. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one for one. Like, I would have wow. retired right there. Yeah. <laughs> walking away a champ. Yeah, 100%. And, um, but just, yeah, again, kind of the stories of perseverance and, and yeah. background. So it always resonated with me. So number eight's kind of where it came from. And then I've it. kind of spun it into a new thing. So, okay. Uh, Ira Gate is Ah, that sticker you were talking about, Ira Gate. I like it. I'm thinking about Mm. coming up with something with Ira Gate, maybe a clothing line. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) clothing line. Yeah, clothing line. That's actually interesting. Yeah, you don't have to wash it. Wash it for you. Ah! (laughs) And the business side coming out. (laughs) So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much that. What else you guys got to do? I mean, you know, like a round table, like a hot button, like thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's the, the best thing. This whole thing's been organic so far. Yeah. Organic. Yeah. Organic, sustainable. Best part is this podcast is gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, that's our stinger every time. <laughs> that's our stinger. Just so you know, this podcast is gluten free. That's right. 
don't worry. If you got celiac, we're good. That's right. But yeah. No, I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think that's a wrap. Cool. Yeah, yeah we'll put yeah. the stinger Thank out. you so much. Yeah. Do a little round of applause for everybody. Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Woo! Right. <laughs> and, and just so it's on the recording, this is the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> so you could like keep that in your yeah, playlist. Yeah, we're gonna keep so that. Yeah, this is the time. first time we've ever done this. So yes. Corey's the first guest. If Woo! we're ever successful, yeah. everybody you won't know. Everybody <laughs> won't care, but it's all good. The first episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we're super thankful that you joined us for our, our very first interview. So we Thanks. feel very fortunate. So Thanks, thank right. you. That's very yeah. plain. Mm-hmm. You're full of information. I try and be full of something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we don't say that word. <laughs> well, not right now. <laughs> Shit. All right, there it is. All right, there and with is. that, that's a wrap. Shameless plug. Oh, well, yeah, then I can talk right. about that tow truck that was pushing up all the cars. <laughs> I kid you what? not. We thought we were so uh, this morning. We were uh, we were coming in. You know, ex- as exhibitors, we were coming in early. So we actually saw a tow truck pushing up cars all the way to the front because they were not parked right. That's how much you know what? people are coming to this show because no they way. needed to make sure the space between the cars was perfect. They, they had a legit tow truck wait, 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 pushing wait. cars up. Ba- back up. Back up for today. <laughs> tow truck pushing cars. That's not not towing the, away. Pushing. Opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> <Pushing>. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What? Just process it for a second with me. What do you think? Okay, I drive a, a Honda. I don't drive, but I have a Honda Civic, and I walk out and I'm like, all right, I parked about four rows out. The you know bright, nice white Honda Civic, and all of a sudden it's four rows up. What's the first reaction? Truth, it's loose. It's lost of space. I guess I don't know. It's either I got jacked or so. What happened? What's well, a Civic? I mean, <laughs> I mean, true, they're true. still nice cars. I drive a Jeep, by the way. Let's just put that out there. So, <laughs> oh my God, Jeep life, dog. Good for you, man. We all it's, get it. It's a culture, okay? You you get the Jeep wave in. It's true. It's, it's, it's true. a culture. It's, it's not. The, it's, it's no longer the car. It's, it's the, the Jeep life. It's exactly. The Jeep life. What's it's right? much Hashtag much like the salt life for the metal militia. Oh, there uh, yes. Metal militia. Sin Cal, baby. That's Sin right. Cal. Oh yeah. Gotta get that start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Just. <laughs> Sorry, now I can't focus because we're talking about Sincal trucks, and I'm over here like, yeah, I'm from Churchill. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, I, I, just really to kind of bring this all together, I mean, I, I, the one thing I do want to remind everyone of is that the, the original focus of this, we'll, we'll figure out that part later, uh, is that we want to give back to ag education, and, and ag education being the critical success factor here because uh, you know we can definitely jump on a microphone and we can talk about whatever grinds or gears whatever we think about california but at the end of the day the most important thing is making sure that there is uh, a sustainable crop for lack of a better word yeah of people joining our industry enjoying what it does understanding that it's more than just that cows plows and sows uh and i i really think that it's a, it's a good way that we can do this. So that's that's kind of my final parting thought is I'm excited for what the future holds. I'm excited that I've got Connor and Jeanette here to join me on this crazy journey. They're they're the only reason I've had the cojones to do this. Um, yes, and I, I, I did just say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're, they're the reason why this has been, you know, a success thus far is what we'll call it. We are actually here. It's day two, World Ag Expo. We're recording in a trailer because we're that committed to the future of ag, to the future of what our industry holds and really being focused in on it.
I mean, even though I might be having carpal tunnel after blowing up all those balloons, <laughs> I'm still committed to this. I'm still committed. And honestly, I'm pretty drained. I won't lie to you. So, I mean, half the time I'm spitting out things. It's just the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, uh, we're definitely doing this to give back. And just because, we, I mean, we can all speak for ourselves. Like, we grew up um, in ag, so we want to know that uh, we have a bright future for the students that are being involved. So it's being able to support them and um, making sure that they can afford college and they can go into the scholarships and apply for that. Because I know as an ag student in high school, um, we we learned the farm life and we were taught that through our ag teachers. So it's, it's good to know that there's students that are going back into the teaching lifestyle and they want to become ag teachers because they love the passion for it. So um, it's bringing in that newer generation. And now that we're evolving within technology, I'm pretty sure they're going to get better at it too. So they'll find better solutions for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and so um, I know that um, you also can speak to this, but um, so from my perspective, my, my mother's been teaching for 28 years, uh, and I'm sorry, mom, if I got that number wrong, <laughs> and this is my wife's second year of teaching. And so growing up a, a, a teacher's son and also now a teacher's husband, I see that there's a disparity in the, uh, the amount of funding toward versus the amount of work that teachers are putting in and, and that they need tools. And so that's, I think that's kind of on a deeper level where we're trying to go with this is, is just providing the, the tools and the avenues for students, this next generation, um, where maybe the government can't. And, you know, politics aside, we, we are trying to do something because we see that there's a need in the valley and we're trying to step up and we're trying to do what we can. So if that's, if this is, if this is the, the model, if this is the vessel that we can do to do that, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day. So, you know, whether it's scholarships or if it's equipment, whatever that might be. Yeah, and to, to kind of wrap it all up in a, a cute little pink bow, as, as the, the old adage would go. Oh, that rhymed. Wow. You, you, def- had, you hit two of them in a row. I hit two today. Yeah. Wow. But to, yeah, to, <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, but to wrap it all up, really, that's the big thing. Like, like Connor and Jeanette both said, is that we're focused on the future of ag. We're bullish on the future of ag. We know that California, there's no place else like this in the United States. There's no place else like that in the world. Uh, and we want to see success here in the future. We know technology is going to be an integral part. We know education is going to be an integral part. Uh, and that's the whole focus of Just Might Be Right, is you know, a, a group of millennials Yes, I said the M word. I apologize to all of the boomers out there. I apologize to anyone else that might be offended by that term. But but we we want to focus on the future of ag. We want to be, you know, a, a, here you go, a good one, a searchlight for its success. Uh, that's the big thing here. So we hope that, you know, the first podcast that was recorded inside of a trailer at the World Ag Expo, uh, I've yes, I've hammered that fact home multiple times. So if you listen to it and think... You understand why. Uh, I think that's the big thing here. And really, we thank you for joining us. We're excited for this journey. It's going to be a great focus. And I could not be happier that I asked my good friend Connor Cunningham, Jeanette, to be a part of this. Uh, it's just going to be an exciting ride. So this has been Just Might Be Right. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to walk away from that. And hopefully you can back the second episode. The second episode's got something to do don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be something cool. So thank you. 
Cock it and pull it, we're going down